It's Healing of the Heart podcast, and it's 8 p.m., and we're going to get started. And we always start with a little bit of music. And uh, lately, I've been rocking Samuel Madas. He's from Guyana. He's a contemporary Christian artist. I like to use the word contemporary. I'm not sure he would like that, but that's the genre that his music really falls into. Anyway, uh, the title of this one tonight is called Valley. I like it. I think it goes well with the topic tonight. It's okay to admit when you're feeling lost. It's called Valley. Listen to the words if you can. And welcome to Healing Up the Heart Podcast. Greater, greater, greater. This is what comes before. This is what comes before. This is what comes before. Greater. 
Let me sick. On this plane, wanna make me quick. I won't stop till I get my fix. Why you think I don't made this trip? I heard that you can make me fit. They say that you can make me lit. Why you sending me to this river? How much times you gonna make me dip? One time for my arrogance, two times for my pride, three for idolatry, four for the pain that I'm trying to hide. Five is for my vision, six to fix my destiny, seven's just to show me process in this necessary notice. Even if you find me buried in the valley, I am not willing to die. He is what you know me. This is just a part of the ride for me. So it's 8.05, which is always typically what I do. I always leave with a song. And I know some of you guys probably think it feels like jerk. Yeah, it's my way of kind of giving thanks, giving gratitude. And it helps me to uh, find my way into our conversation tonight. So it's episode number seven. And you probably hear my cat in the background. I hope I have this D noise on, guys, because Shadow wants to still hang around. His name is Shadow. I have Shadow and Mixie. And he still wants to be around. Hopefully you can't hear him too much because I have the D noise on my uh, my mixer board. So episode number seven, um, <clears throat> it's okay to admit when you're feeling lost. And um, this is all centered on the book Healing of the Heart, which is how this podcast got started in the first place. So tonight we're going to be talking about almost kind of like a segue halfway point through all the things that we've talked about, you know, why I did it, you know, a private conversation between a girl and her dad, and then a private conversation between a girl and her mom, and, um, you know, go ahead and wear that red lipstick, um, when the obstacles you sis, part one and part two. Um, and so all of those conversations really is dealing with the self and looking at formation of the self and where self really has been and where self is today and how we, come, we can become a better self, essentially, is what healing of the heart is all about. And healing of the heart is ongoing work, you know, um, for myself and for many of us. So healing is a continued process. Um, and as we heal, we become better versions of ourselves. And so tonight, we're going to be looking at, as you're healing, um, sometimes, you know, that kind of gets tricky. You know, it gets kind of wonky because as you're healing, it sometimes feel, you can feel like you're lost because this is, this is different. Um, it's a different journey. Um, it's different from the pain. <laughs> it's different from, um, you know, feeling... Uh, in a sense, controlled or somehow out of control, if you will. Um, so when you're on the path of healing, it can feel really feel wonky. It can feel a sense of, I'm not sure what I'm doing. I'm not sure if 
I want to continue this healing journey. It's a lot of work. I'm not sure what this can look like. I'm not sure if what I want it to look like. It will end up like that. <clears throat> so tonight we're going to talk about um, perhaps what it feels like um, to be lost in this journey when you're healing <clears throat> and also to help us kind of get back on track or align or just to keep going. So before I continue talking about that, um, I didn't introduce myself, but by now I think everyone knows, but it's always good to do it because there's always new persons or people perhaps joining or listening to this podcast later on, and you're probably not sure who I am. So I am Keisha Henry, and I am a licensed clinical social worker psychotherapist. I am a wife. I am a mom. And, you know, I, I get to do a lot of different things in those roles, and which brings me to say that I am an author of Healing of the Heart, and uh, again, um, this book is dropping finally, so I need to give you updates on that later on. Um, but that's dropping finally at the end of this month, which is coming up in a few days. It's just going to be in time um, for Thanksgiving and for the Christmas holiday. And um, so I'll give you updates on that. But let me just finish my introduction because, you know, I can really just get going. So that's who I am. And uh, um, these uh, episodes and these conversations have been very enriching for me. And uh, from what I'm hearing, getting feedback on a podcast, um, it seems like it's been enriching and helping to others. And honestly, that's my heart's desire, is that this podcast will reach, in my mind, I would say, Lord, let this podcast reach millions of women and girls all around the world. And so I know it won't reach everyone, obviously, um, but I pray that it will reach persons who <clears throat> are of similar mind and heart and who endeavor and who have a deep desire um, to live a more fulfilled and meaningful life. And so this is what this podcast is about, and this is what um, Healing of the Heart book is all about. So I hope that you'll continue to join me um, on these podcast sessions or episodes, um, which is a good time to say that um, they're, every, they're held every two weeks um, from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m., right about that time. And um, it's, again, centered on the book Healing of the Heart, and I talk about, you know, various topics um, as it relates to the poems and the prose from the book. And I do go outside the box a lot, actually, um, to make sure that I'm reaching um, as many persons as I can um, that, um, you know, need this kind of support. So that's my introduction. Um, so what can I tell you here about how we're going to continue tonight? Well, number one, you know, I always like to go back and say what this podcast is not. I always do that first. So what this podcast is not, it's not about blaming, obviously. Um, it's not about pointing fingers. It's not about holding people hostage because perhaps they have held you hostage. Because if you realize that doesn't get you anywhere, it just keeps you going in a very vicious cycle that does not heal, does not lend itself to healing. So it's not about you know pointing fingers, blaming, judging. And definitely not judging yourself. That's the most important, I have to tell you. The most important part is not judge yourself, but to be able to hold space, you know, very delicately for yourself uh, so you can continue to heal. So that's what this podcast is not. So what it is, I just told you, it's holding space for yourself um, in a very delicate way, not judging, but hmm, being curious about, you know, what can I do for myself here? How can I move forward? What are some questions I have for myself? 
you know, perhaps that I've wanted to ask myself or others. So I can heal. And again, um, healing of the heart spends a lot of time being curious. <laughs> and, as, and as a result, this podcast. So basically this podcast, you know, is having conversations, um, curious conversations, you know, so that we can continue to move forward. You can move forward and I can move forward. So it's about love then. Instead of being judgmental to yourself, it's about showing yourself compassion and showing yourself love and by asking questions rather than pointing fingers. See, those are two different perspectives. Instead of pointing a finger, you ask a question. And so that's what this podcast is. This, this podcast is really about hope. Mm -hmm. And um, again, holding space, taking a deeper look at the self. Um, once you're able to do that, then we're able, we're hoping that we can continue to do that through our lifetime. Because if you remember I said earlier, that healing is a continued journey. It's not something that happens overnight. And I don't think we want it to be that way because then, then there's nothing to do. And obviously that's not where we want to go and that's not life. So that's my introduction. That's who I am. And um, this is what we're going to talk about tonight. So I've already cleared the way for what this podcast is not and what this podcast is. And I'm echoing. Let me take that off. Okay. And so we're going to pause here. We're going to play a little bit more, some more music. And we're going to play something different. This is something I've played before. Um, it's by Maverick City. Uh, Fear is not my future. I like this song a lot, too. Hey, this, as this believers, kind of we're just into, called to live a mediocre life, right? Into, Work a nine-to-five um, job, yeah, not see any change. Here we go. Let him turn it in your favor. Watch him work it for your good. Cause he's not done with what he started. He's not done until it's good. So let him turn it in your favor. Watch him work it for your good. He's not done with what he started. He's not done until it's good. Hello, peace. Hello, joy. Hello, love. Hello, strength. Hello, hope. It's a new horizon. Hello, peace. Hello, joy. Hello, love. Hello, strength. Hello, hope. It's a new horizon. You're ready for a breakthrough. Yeah. All right. If you're ready for a breakthrough, I love that song. My goodness, all the songs I select for the podcast is because they're very meaningful to me. And um, I'm hoping that, um, I don't know, maybe you'll find some comfort in the words. Oftentimes, when people write poems and songs, because they come from a very deep place, they come from pain, they come from. <laughs> hurt, they come out of frustration, uh, frustrations. And you know, oftentimes, that's where the growth comes from. 
It's from it's not from the mountaintop experiences. It's usually from the valley moments. Um, that's where we grow, and that's where the beauty comes. I don't know to illustrate that point. I was thinking of um, which will help us get right into what we're talking about tonight. It's okay to admit when you're feeling lost. I'm thinking of Pebbles Pebbles Beach in California. I believe they said that they have the the that section produces like the most beautiful stones and shells. And it is said the reason for that is because of the ebb and flow of the, the water on the rocks. It's so hard, it's so harsh. And as a result of the ebb and flow, the back and forth, it beats them so harshly. And they provide, as a result of that beating back and forth, it, prov it causes the rocks and the stones and the shells to come out so beautiful with different shapes and different sizes. And um, it's just a beautiful outcome. So I, I often think of that um, in terms of when I look at other person's work, um, looking at their stories and looking at the formation of the self for them, quote unquote self, which has been the center theme what we've been talking about is the self, you, me. And so uh, when I think about just in nature, looking at Pebbles Beach in California, which I've never been there. I hope to go there one day. But take a look at how nature speaks to us in moments like that and in other ways, uh, like the valley. Take a look at how the valley is formed. I mean, I, I, I literally looked at that one day and I looked at how the valley was formed, how waterfalls are formed. It's all by the orchestra, you know, the orchestra, um, orchestration of, of nature and how these turbulent processes really helps to shape beautiful outcomes. And so it is for our lives that we've gone through a process and we're still being processed, a lot of us, including myself, and the beautiful outcome and outcomes that will be as the result of that if we continue. So what I wanna talk about here is just a couple of reminders though. If you've been listening to the podcast, we've been talking about you know, the self and how that gets formed. We're not going to get into that tonight. You can listen to your previous podcast to, you know, get an understanding or to get, you know, more, um, yeah, understanding and fully immerse yourself into that. But one of the things I want to bring out from um, our prior talks, though, is I want to reinforce talking about, you know, the formation of the self and how not only um, is the self developed by interactions between other persons or quote-unquote subjects um, and how that and how that and that's internalized, you know, how we take it in and how we process that, how we think about it, how we feel about it, and how we act upon that, that all goes into the self, right? Illustration, you know, the water, beating the rocks, beating the shells, okay? So how it's taken in, how it's taken in. One of the things I wanna talk about tonight is, remember the topic says, you'll hit it when you feel lost. We're talking about um, objects. So an object, an object. An object can be anything um, outside of a, a human being, you know, an, an uh, inanimate thing. Um, it could be, I don't know, a book. It could be actually, again, um, the work of someone else. It doesn't have to be the person, but the work of someone else. And how somehow or another, these objects can be, they can have lasting organizational structure, they can have lasting meaning on the inside of the mind. It can have lasting meaning on the, on the emotions. It can have lasting meaning on the brain. 
and how that can really impact you and I so we can actually become better persons. Because let's just face it, right? Let's just face it. Remember, all of us didn't have like the best caregivers. I'm not sure if you saw my quote this past week. I was meditating and this quote came to me. It says that, you know, we were raised by our parents, we were raised by our caregivers, but yet somehow we end up being orphans, emotional orphans, right? And, and again, not pointing fingers, we're just looking at things as they are, all right? So we become emotional orphans. And then at the end of that, I wrote, but were they? Were they also emotional orphans? Because, I mean, face it, where, where do they get that stuff from? How do we get it? Right? So they also internalized subjects, other subjects that they, you know, that they had in their, in their lives. They had to, they also internalized inanimate objects, you know? Um, who knows what books they read or, a, you know, other person's work that they perhaps were, um, you know, immersed in. I don't know. But the point is, they got something from somewhere and it, it wasn't always good. And so I asked the question, you know, so somehow we raised, we we're raised by them, but we're end up, we end up being orphans, emotional orphans, because we know that the emotional intelligence is equally, if not more important than the intelligence quotient, because it's, that's what the emotions drive our behaviors. They drive every single thing. So if we're, we are having deficits in our, in our emotional intelligence, then, you know, we're going to have some serious problems. So then... It's okay to, to admit when you're feeling lost. So let's pause here. So let me just make the transition then. I mean, really think about it, right? You're trying to, of all the episodes we've been talking about, the formation of the self and, you know, what it looks like then, what it looks like now, and trying to make changes. You know, when you're trying to make changes, right, when you're trying to think differently, um, not let the negative emotions, you know, override you, and, I mean, we can list a lot of negative emotions. I'm sure you can for yourself. When you talk about, you know, having a sense, not having a proper self-worth, not having a proper view of yourself, um, you know, having everyone, holding everyone in awe except yourself, feeling like, you know, p people can do things but you can't, uh, feeling like, um, you know, uh, people like use the word self-sabotage, not seeing things through, procrastinating. Why? Because fear is in there. There's a lot of insecurities in there, and, and on and on and on and on. And so if you think about that, when you're trying to do the opposite of those things, right, it's going to feel weird. You're, at times, you're going to feel like, I'm lost. When, you, when, you, when you're trying to develop your own voice, and you finally said, hey, this is what I want to do, and then you find that this voice, nobody knows that voice. No one knows the voice that says, no, I'm not doing that. No one knows the voice that says, you know, this is what I really desire to do. I don't really want to be a nurse. I want to be a teacher or I want to be an artist. So this voice, nobody knows. And so this voice um, can sometimes um, want to be diminished. This voice sometimes wants to just be, you want to turn that voice down because Supposedly, no one is recognizing this voice. No one is recognizing any of the newness that you're trying to continue to grow. And so you're probably thinking, hmm, uh, no one else has been here before. You know that's not true. You're thinking, maybe I have walked this walk by myself. 
and no one else. You know, uh, for example, you may be, maybe you're in nursing school. Maybe, um, you know, you are told to be a teacher. So I'm turning, I'm flipping around and um, you're in nursing school and maybe you're having difficulty in a, in a class and the new self wants to shrink back. The new self wants to shrink back to all the things that these inner dialogues that you were told that you shouldn't be or couldn't be. Um, perhaps inner voices that said you should do this because if you do that, then you'll make this, you know, people proud or you would live up to a certain standard. So when you're really trying to have the new self emerge little by little, when you're trying to make changes, you will feel like you're lost. When people do not want to recognize the new voice, I want to recognize um, the work that you're putting forward. Um, and people will push back. People will push back on that, not to recognize this new voice or the new efforts that you're putting forward. And so, by the way, that's also part of the beating. I want to tell you, you know, the ocean hitting the, the water and Pebbles Beach, yeah. That's also part of the pushback, the pushback, the pushback. But recognize that it's okay that this will happen. It's okay that when you're trying to make changes, that um, to, it's okay to, to make space for it. As I said earlier, it's okay to recognize it rather than push it away because to, to not acknowledge what you're feeling and what you're experiencing, right, is to deny the growth that needs to come forth. And so admitting that, hey, I feel lost here. Uh, this doesn't feel good. Of course not. You're not, you're not accustomed to that. You're accustomed to the old way of doing things. You're accustomed to perhaps sitting and brooding over something. You're accustomed to when people push back, you acquiesce. You said, okay. You're, 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 you're accustomed to when, when you say no, you turn around and say yes, you know? Um, instead of pushing through, you procrastinate and not follow through. So you're used to, it's, you know, those old ways are easy to do. This new way of doing things, the opposite of those things, right? When you're feeling lost, one, and then there are people not recognizing your voice, or the supports that you thought you had or want to have, they're not really understanding your voice, that that also can feel lonely as well. So what do you do? What do you do? Do you, I mean, so you, you're not at a crossroad, right? Do you continue through this growth or do you shrink back? I'm gonna pause here, I'm gonna play some more music. When we get back, we're gonna take a look at um, a, a woman, I won't tell you who she is. I love her work. And, um, you know, growing up, um, again, you know, we have different subjects you know, persons in our lives that perhaps we've taken them in and they weren't that great and that's okay. But I believe that there are other people in your life that you also took them in, but because they perhaps weren't a lot of those people or perhaps because a lot of those interactions were, you know, those interactions were not many, they're far and few in between. Sometimes we forget about those things and those transactions, those objects those um, object relations um, that we really have taken in, but they've been buried by all the other yucky stuff that we forget what, how they felt and the meaning that it had and still has. And I want to take a look at a woman tonight um, who, when I was growing up, and uh, I've talked about her in a couple of my um, Monday Powerative videos, but I've taken in her, her, her work. Her work has become an object to me. It has lasting organizational structure for me. 
And sometimes, you know, we don't readily have these examples in our lives, but we can we can look at others to see, and we can also go back to those one or few persons in the past in our early childhood that have really impressed upon us um, that really can help us to move through as we continue to develop our voice and as we continue to, you know, have beautiful shells. Um, so I want you to contemplate that. Again, tonight's topic, it's okay to admit when you're feeling lost. It's part of the growth. So I'm going to pause here. I'm going to play Samuel Madas again. And if you have any questions or want to jump in the conversation, now's a good time to do that. So let's go back and play a little bit of Samuel Madas. I love the song Valley. And I love the lyrics a lot. So I invite you to listen to that. song. I cannot get enough with Samuel Madas. All right. So before I talk about this woman, um, I want to kind of give you a little bit of update. So number one, so the book. I'm so excited about the book. I really am. I tell you what, I have had so many setbacks. Um, I think I talked, I shared a little bit about the setbacks I've had with the book and um, the shirts. Um, I am a woman of abundance. So the shirts finally came in last week. And I'm so happy about that. And um, because I am a woman of abundance shirt accompanies the book healing of the heart. <clears throat> so when you have a healing heart, when you have harmony in your life, you have peace, you are going to be a woman of abundance because so many things will begin to flow. Your relationships will flow differently. Your decision making will flow differently. The way how you feel about yourself will be different. Your walk will be different. Your talk will be different. Your energy, everything about your demeanor, your countenance, everything will be different about you. 
And so this shirt, I was very, very happy um, when they finally came. Uh, it, was, it came just in time for our almost um, final women's, um, women's uh, group, um, the self-improvement women's empowerment group that we have at New Beginning Healing Institute. And so this past Thursday was the number seven, seventh week. Next week will be our final week. And the ladies in the group, they're going to get um, their own um, I Am a Woman of Abundance t-shirt. And they're going to be in a drawing for one of the Healing of the Heart copies of the, of the book. And also, I'm going to make that, I'm going to do the same thing here, as a matter of fact. I will put out a, uh, a social media post this, this coming week um, to announce that. So, you know, uh, you know, I can make the same opportunity available to other people. Um, in the NBHI community on social media, which is the Facebook and the Instagram page. So that's some updates there. So we are coming to a close on the, the women's group. I'm so excited about it. It has been very fulfilling, very rewarding. I'm very, very excited. I don't know. I just, I know Stephanie Samino and I, we have really just, every time the group ends, we just look at each other like in such amazement um, to see the growth of the women from the very beginning. Um, and all the way through. And you know, one of the things that we do in this women's group, we do like a pretest. We do a self-esteem um, inventory, um, and and it has a scoring to see where you are when you first started the group. And we're always amazed, 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 amazed to see the change in the score. The score was so low for self-esteem, and then by the time the eight weeks come around, it has increased. And so we're always happy about that. And you know. And so we want women, we want our women to keep these gains that you're getting from the group. Um, so uh, as a result, we also have another group coming up. It, it just ended um, this month. It's called the Women's Connection Collective. Um, this is where women that we have worked with either in individual therapy or group therapy, and they want to connect with other women who are like-minded, who they want to connect. They want to, they're professional women, um, they're, they're entrepreneurial women, and they want to connect, and they want to continue their growth, and, you know, they want to do insaneness. They want to have persons that can, can, they can connect with, because you and I both know that stable communities are built upon stable, inter, you know, interpersonal, interdependent relationships. And so these women, it's interesting how they're asking for this, and this group really does exist. This group started this year, January, because I, was, I realized from the women that I've worked, that we have worked with, that they're looking to continue this growth. And so outside of the walls of the practice, outside of everything else that they do, so now's a good time for me to share that, listen, this group is gonna start again in January, the Women's uh, Connection Collective. So the Women's Self-Empowerment, Self-Improvement Group, though, is not going to happen again until next fall, although we're getting different requests for it to continue spring. We'll see how that goes. We'll keep you posted on that. Very excited. So I've updated you on the T-shirts. I've updated you on the book. The book, I finally, I, I didn't mention this part. I got the final copy. Oh, my gosh. It's so beautiful. You know, I think I'm going to make a post this week about that. I think it's fair that I do that. It's really nice. Yeah, I feel motivated. I'll do that. So I'm going to send you, um, I'll put out the copy of the, the final photos, the front and back, everything of the book. I'm going to post that this coming week so you get to see that. And again, and you know, you'll see different promotional materials about it um, for, this, for the, the Thanksgiving and the Christmas holiday. 
All right, so enough about that. So I think I gave you all the updates. I think so. I don't think I missed anything. All right, very good. So, you know, before I, so before I really, really get into this person who I want to talk about, I want to pause here for a second to say, do you have any persons in your life present or in, you know, in, in the past or even recent past or remote past, maybe, you know, elementary, you know, middle school, you know, when I talk to different people about this, persons will say, well, yeah, my guidance counselor or my coach or, you know, it was that lady at church or it was my youth leader or, you know, it's just, who knows, right? It was that teacher, right? So I don't know. That person that took the extra five minutes to talk to you, um, that person who said, you know what, you got in trouble, but they didn't like lord it over you they were just like they understood perhaps maybe there's a different reason for you for why you did what you did and that and they saw the goodness in you regardless of that situation um for me being a teen mom um it was yucky um but there are people that saw goodness in me one of those persons was um nancy Ferdon. nancy Ferdon, she's deceased now but she was the guidance counselor at palm beach lakes high school and I remember her, she never made me feel small. She always said, you know, Keisha Morant, you, you're gonna do this. You, you, you're gonna go on to college, you're gonna, you're gonna do this. And I did. And uh, <laughs> so people like Nancy Ferdon um, is someone that I love very much. She's gone now, but I don't know, who are these people in your life that believed in you, that allowed you to feel good about yourself even though the circumstances said otherwise or tried to dictate otherwise. So remember I talked about these object relationships and object relations, why? Because these are subjects, but then there are other persons that perhaps you've never met. You and I have never met. And somehow or another, their struggles are either similar or different, but somehow their story really you know, touches the soul and, I, and, and, you know, you're able to take it in, you're able to internalize that. And as a result, it's able to produce a beautiful shell. So this person I want to bring to your attention tonight, her name is, drumroll. It is Mary McLeod the Philly. I like her a lot. So Mary, I think most persons know this name. If you heard about um, McLeod, uh, Mary McLeod the Philly Cookman College, you know that um, she is a well-known African-American. She's a teacher. This woman has held several um, prestigious, you know, um, highly, she's a highly esteemed woman, and she's held many high positions, even government in this country. And she is the founder of um, Mary McLeod Bethune Cookman College um, in Daytona Beach. And um, I've been reading her autobiography, and I want to read a few lines to you to see if you can connect with this woman and to look at, you know, perhaps her struggles, look at the formation of herself, okay? And she grew up, when she was born, uh, she was born 12 years um, after her parents, after her parents, because her parents were slaves. Um, she was born on a cotton field picking cottons with her, cotton with her siblings and her parents. Uh, but when she was born, uh, I believe, according to the book, she had just escaped that, you know, that time frame of um, such torture. But I want to read to you a couple of things um, about the self, 
This is what she said. She says, through the discipline that my self, quote unquote, it's interesting, she has like just like that, has received my spiritual vigor, has been quickened and energized. Before I fully knew myself, my mother disciplined my life in order that I might know humility, stamina, faith, and goodness. I was shown goodness by precept and example. And because my parents believed so implicitly in me and my understanding, I learned to believe in other people. Early in my childhood, my mother taught me to hold the little New Testament, which the minister brought around and sit quietly in communion with it and God, even before I could read. So pause. So you can hear Mary McLeod here talking about the formation of herself. And before she knew herself, because she did not know herself, okay? Um, none of us do. We're learning ourselves, and we learn ourselves through the formation and information given to us by our, um, our parents. For Mary McLeod, she had an emotional, um, emotionally invested and spiritually invested um, parents, particularly her mother. And she said before she knew herself that she was taught, you know, to have a, a life that's disciplined um, with humility, stamina, faith, and goodness. And so she learned that not only by her mom talking to her, but also by her mom's example, by the way her mom lived. So the way how her, her mom spoke, her mom's life also backed that up. It was not anything that was um, indifferent. It was actually very much the truth for her. And so I pause again to say, I don't know, can you relate to her story? Can you relate to this little part of what I read about her? So how about this part? She says, the word has been hidden in my heart by that knowing which is not literacy. Let me read that again. The word has been hidden in my heart by that knowing which is not literacy, but which is so basic to literacy. <laughs> so she's basically saying that knowing the word, the word here meaning the Bible, was not literacy, but which is so basic to literacy, to understanding other word or works that she would read. And, and then this is what she says. My, she says, this is what she says. As we sing the beautiful spirituals and remember that they flowed from unlettered hearts because her parents could not really read as such. Her mom could read, you know, a little. Um, but her parents were slaves. So, you know, um, in this country, if you're a slave, you're, you're, you're not able. A lot, a lot of slaves were, you know, illiterate, could not read. So, and so she, came, she, she grew up in this time of hardship. Think about that. The formation of herself, she endured um, slavery, watching her parents slave on, you know, in the fields. And yet she says she was raised with humility, stamina, and faith, and goodness. So she's seen a lot of hardships, a lot of torture, a lot of misfortunes. But listen to herself as she decides that herself is going to be formed despite of those hardships. And this is what she says, this is the other part that I want to read to you. Um, as we sing the beautiful spirituals and remember that they flowed from unlettered hearts, people that can't read, we can appreciate more deeply how their social significance is interwoven with their spiritual understandings. Now that got me. It says, we appreciate more deeply how their social significance is interwoven with their spiritual understandings. So when you're 
when you're feeling, it's okay to admit when you feel lost, when you're trying to develop your voice. And the world around you does not recognize that voice. Uh, people in your, in, your, in your context, in your settings, and outside of that, they'll push back. It's like you're trying to do your work. You know, you're trying to really develop that intentional side. You know, the desires, the dreams, the hopes. You're trying to really do that and you're not getting any positive feedback or you're not feeling good about it. You're not seeing any signs of this is the right thing or this is good or none of that, no support. And then, so here's what she says. We can appreciate more deeply how their social significance, because her parents had no social significance. They had none. She didn't have any. It's interwoven with their spiritual understanding. So here she's saying, you know what? Her formation of herself, when she was growing up trying to develop her voice, she understood early on how the spiritual understanding, having a spiritual connection for herself, developing that was important for her. So I don't know how you can internalize um, this objective um, outcome or um, product from Mary McLeod Bethune, but taking a look at her experiences from slavery, um, having such a, a hardship into life and hard orientation to life and how she managed through it. So I'm not sure um, what it is that you can develop maybe in your spiritual life or perhaps the object of someone else's life or work to help you to continue to develop your voice because truth be told, sometimes that's what's necessary to do. I wanna read you something else that she said. So now she continues to talk about as she got older, how she really started to focus more on her spiritual life and how that helped her to harness her intentional life. Remember, the intentional life now is the dreams, the dreams, the hopes, the conquests, the beliefs, okay, the things that she really believed is for her that was placed in her heart to do. This is what she says. I believe today that the spiritual growth comes with meditation and communion when, I, when, I, when alone I sit with God. Through the years, my meditative moments have grown into habitual continuation. Let me read that again. It says, I believe today that spiritual growth comes with meditation and communion when, I, when alone, I always miss that part of, when alone, I sit with God. Through the years, my meditative moments have grown into habitual continuation. Now, I have to tell you, I have to pause here. I get excited when I read this part because when I read that, I said to myself, this woman was born how many centuries before me? When is her birth, her date of birth? She was born many centuries before me, and this, she was, see, she died May 18, 1955. I have to find her date of birth. I have it right here. So this woman who was born like a century, a century before me is talking about her, the formation of herself, born to parents of slaves, their slaves, and her hardship into life, but she also had dreams. She still had dreams. She had hopes, she had conquests, and she harnessed, uh, she harnessed her, her spiritual belief because that's what her parents had, that's what they had, that's what they passed on to her. So you see clearly here that the formation of the self is what is passed on to us. And if, it's, if, if, it's, if, it, if it works for you, obviously she kept it because it worked for her. If it doesn't work, then don't keep it. Let me just, you know, kind of caution there, but it worked for her. And because it worked for her is why I'm sharing it. If it didn't work for her, I wouldn't have shared it. And I, when I read this part, I said to myself, oh my goodness, 
So she's taken this object relationship from her parents, she internalized it, and she's using it to harness the growth that she wants for herself, the dreams that she wants, the beliefs. So now let's talk about what she believed. I'm gonna skip to that now. This is what she believed. She says, very early in my life, I saw the vision of what our women might contribute to the growth and development of the race. If they were given a certain type of intellectual training, I longed to see women, Negro women, hold in their hands diplomas, which bespoke, I like that word, achievement. I longed to see them trained to be inspirational wives and mothers. My goodness, I love this. I long to see their accomplishments recognized side by side with any woman anywhere. With this vision, before me, my life has been spent. So look at this. This is a Negro woman, right? Grown up in the South with her parents who were slaves. And she had something very intentional that was placed in her heart. And I dare to say by God, she had a vision for women, for girls, to live a productive and a meaningful life for mothers to be good parents to their children, to their daughters, and to their, and their sons. Now, before I end this podcast tonight, I want to just give a, a reminder. So who, who, who is it in your life that, I don't know, um, that actually helped to form um, that good part of yourself? Who was that person? For Mary McLeod Bethune was her mom and her dad, particularly her mom, was a very spiritual woman, but very kind to her also. And so who are those people in your life? I, I'm going to challenge you a little bit to sit down and make a list of those people, of what those people did for you and how they caused you to feel and, and, what they, and how they inspired you then. And perhaps if that feeling is still with you, what can you do with it now? Because remember, with Mary McLeod Bethune, this was inspired in her early. And then it really, from there, inspired a dream inside her heart, a vision. And, and before I close, look at what the vision took her to do. She started a school. So now this, this college, Mary McLeod Bethune Cookman's College, but look at where it started. This is what she did. She wrote a letter to Booker T. Washington. This was in 1902, and it states, Palatka, Florida, November 3rd, 1902. She says, honored sir, I hope a note of this kind may not greatly surprise you as a man in your sphere must expect such. I am engaged in a mission work in this tone, and I greatly desire your interest in it. It is an interdenominational work, therefore it has no support. She was to the point, look, it's for church, okay? So we don't really have any support, okay? Period. It is a work that is most sadly needed to be done, and it takes great sacrifices to get it in shape. I have rented a room, so check out her faith and check out her determination based on the beliefs, the hopes, and the dreams and the desires that she has. She says, I've rented a room where I gather the poor and neglected children who are able to pay a little tuition Wait, no, I missed the part, I'm sorry. I've rented a room where I gather the poor and neglected children and teach them daily. Aside from this, I do general city mission work, the jail work included. I, I think she's a social worker, if you ask me. 
I have no support whatever, save some money few of the children who are able to pay a little tuition. Now, I would like to ask you, would you recommend this humble work to some friend asking their assistance? Would you yourself make a donation toward helping us secure an organ for the mission room? Do you know any friend who would even send um, a few articles of clothing to be used for the poor? God has wonderfully blessed you and used you, and I know he'll be pleased to have you lend your influence towards the sustenance of this work. I trust you may consider well before answering. Very respectfully, Mary McLeod with food. Oh my goodness, doesn't that move you? It moves me. So tonight we talk about, it's okay to admit when you're feeling lost. It's okay. Um, this woman here, she was feeling lost. She wasn't sure how this school was going to come about, but she knew what was placed in her heart. And her heart came out of this self. And this self, in this, in this self, she decided that I'm going to follow my dreams and my heart and my, and my beliefs and my conquests. I'm going to do this. And through um, the better formation of herself, obviously, right, and her mom imparting that to her, she's able to see this through. So I don't know. If you're feeling lost because you're developing this new voice, this new path, and perhaps your formation of self wasn't that great, but guess what? There, are other, there has to be someone in there that had an influence, that had something to do with the better part of what happened in the formation of the self. So I, again, I invite you to make a list of those people. I don't know, perhaps recall the story, recall you know, what you're doing, I don't know, and how that caused you to feel and as a result, what it caused you to do differently and better. And to see if that feeling is still with you and how you can harness that and how you can develop that and so you can continue to pursue that better self. So you can continue to pursue the dreams, the hopes, the conquests, the beliefs. So I don't know how you feel about that tonight, but I welcome you to do that because I am gonna to continue to do the same. Thank you for listening to the podcast tonight. This is podcast number seven it's okay to admit when you're feeling lost and before we go we're going to play one more time samuel madas the valley
fight up on them day, they fight the most night like you advise, you watch your words, you watch your words, you watch your words. Good night, guys. See you next time.